Hello and welcome to Move the Line, presented by 444.com. I'm Ryan Noonan. Joining me as always, fellow 444.com writer, Connor Allen. What's going on, my man? How was week nine for you? Uh, I mean, solid. I think that we actually, as a group, I had my biggest play of the season on the Ravens uh, last week. And, you know, I just kept hitting it every single time the line moved. And I felt kind of fishy doing it, you know, as the line moved not in our favor for a while and then moved back in our favor. But I uh, came through. I mean, that was even with, you know, Lamar Jackson and Baltimore playing basically no offense in the first half. But, you know, they came through. And I think the Colts are still one of the most overrated teams against against good teams here. Like their schedule is basically – they're not battle tested at all. So I think that in, in other situations where they're playing good teams, it'll be something we can take advantage of going forward. So, yeah, it was a good week. Anchor play came through again. Be interested to see what the, um, well, this is the Nas syndicate. Um, I'm sure we can get some <laughs> questions in here in the chat here, see what their anchor play is for the week for week 10. But uh, joining us, you know, I, I say we just jump to uh, like, I, I, go I, I think night. I got an anchor play. You want right. to go to Monday night, don't you? Let's, Let's just it. jump to it because, um, you know, it's a later game. Hold on. Evan Silva okay. established the run, co-founder. Oh. Um, yeah, okay. Sorry. You're I'm the excited. man. You're our guest. <laughs> Anchor play of the week. We're going to go flip the sheet upside down, Monday Night Football. Uh, let's kick it off. We're good. No, no, no. I think the anchor play is Seahawks. Seahawks okay. plus one and a half uh, over, over the Rams. I think the Seahawks went outright. You know, I know that we got on the Seahawks team total. Is it still at 26 and a half 26 on DraftKings? Yes. Yeah. Whoa, baby. I yeah. love it. Love it. Yes. Hammer that. Yeah. Like immediately. I, I'm glad we started with that. I think it's just such a great play. Uh, that yeah. itself could be the anchor play. I mean, you can tie yeah. that to yeah. some other stuff too, like for sure. I mean, yeah. they, literally the lowest they've scored this season is 27 points. They've scored 30 or more in every other game. Um, and the Rams defense, I mean, they're not like bad, but they're – I don't know they're kind of in that middle range where they're not like super good, but they're not super bad. So there's not much actionable about it. But against Ross and the Seattle Seahawks, like they're going to cook. They're going to be fine. Yeah, the first time they sure. did 27 was that game in, in uh, Minnesota on that uh, Sunday or Monday night. But I think they had 12 snaps um, in the first half. They just didn't have the ball, and they still they still got there. So set the game up as a whole. Rams here favored by. Uh, you know, point, point and a half at home, depending on your book. Total has been on the move a little bit too this week, 54 and a half in most spots. Um, Rams here coming off a bye, obviously um, back-to-back road games for Seattle. Rams covered both of the meetings last year, won both um, one-point spreads, which was interesting as well. But I think to Connor's point, like the defense for the Rams is solid. So really, if you look at statistics, they're like one of the league's best. But, I mean, Josh Allen torched them in week four since then. They played the Giants, the Washington, uh, the 49ers, the Bears, and Miami. It's just not a murderer's row of quarterbacks. And now they get Russ. So, yeah, I love I love the Seahawks side. I love the Seahawks team total, which is a joke. Even though, I mean, I love it at 26 and a half where we got it. But, like, I probably would have bet it at some point in the week, maybe tomorrow anyway, even in the 27, 28 range, because I just think they can pile on here. So, yeah. I mean, why, yeah. why is it not even? Like the what that it's keep keeps going towards the Seahawks too. It's like plus two right now. We're looking at at uh, points. I mean, the Rams have hung like thirty six with McVeigh against Seattle every time they played. So I mean, I get why, I get why okay. there's a little bit. And then again, the you know Rams off a bye, Seattle on the road again. Um, so I get a little bit why the market's that way. And the market's pretty heavy on the Rams so far. If you're looking at just kind of how uh, money's coming in so far. So it almost feels like a, an early week setup and then it's just going to get absolutely 
hammered on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, I like the fact that the Seahawks are like a pass funnel and the Rams have been very run heavy. So the Rams should look to throw the ball more against Seattle. Seattle's got one of the worst pass defenses in league history. Um, and then, you know, we, we know what Russ can do. Like these games have, have shot out uh, even when the Seahawks weren't letting Russ cook. Now the Seahawks have, you know, problems in their backfield with injuries. Uh, we're going to see Jalen Ramsey probably on DK Metcalf, but the Seahawks have, you know, David Moore, Tyler Lockett, you know, a bunch of tight ends that they can throw the ball to. Um, I, I love the, the over on 26 and a half for the Seahawks team total and the Seahawks to win outright. Love it. I, we always talk about Goff, uh, giving him time, the clean pocket Goff. Uh, but he's had that all year. Like the Rams have allowed the lowest adjusted sack rate in the league, uh, fourth lowest pressure rate in the league, yet they're still just 15th in uh, passing D- DVOA, like 11th in success rate. Like They're not even elite in like the most optimal situation so far. So, you know, Goff is limited. Maybe you get a little bit of a bump here with, you know, with Dunlap coming over. They add a little bit of a pass rush, but even without it, I mean, I think we're just going to have points back and forth. And yeah, you're giving me Russ versus Goff in giving me points. I'm going to take Russ every time. So absolutely love it. Connor, anything in the prop market that we have to kind of hone in on here? Because it's obviously a place where we're expecting a lot of points. Uh, I mean, not really. It is worth noting. I mean, Metcalf has gone over his prop in all but one game this season, as long as you were getting the opening line. Um, And in that game, you know, he would have hit the over on his prop if not for a David Moore penalty um, on that 50-yard touchdown that was called back. So, I mean, he, he's, you know, pretty much matchup proof, but I think it is worth noting, like Silva said, he'll be matched up against Jalen Ramsey, who's obviously a step above most of who he's played against this season. So, yeah, nothing too much otherwise in the prop market. I think that we overreacted last week a little bit with all the whole DK Metcalf versus Tyler Lockett week kind of thing where, you know, based on the matchup and everything, uh, myself included, but I – I just like Metcalf is always at always at risk of going off. I think in the spot, so such an alpha, yeah, yeah, beast. All right, uh, next game we have Washington on the road against the Lions. Here, Lions four and a half in most spots, although it's off the board in some places too. Total as well off the board. Um, Matt Stafford in concussion protocol, so we're getting teased for the second week in a row with a possible Chase Daniel start. Probably not going to happen. We'll probably have Stafford here, but. Uh, on the other side, it looks like Alex Smith at the helm for Washington after Kyle Allen. I don't know if you guys saw that. Had a little Joe Theismann on Sunday. Gross. Tough scene. Um, Smith came in, dinked and dunked his way to 310 and a score, basically relying solely on McLaurin, McLaurin after the catch. So, um, Evan, what are your thoughts here? And he leans on Washington, Detroit. I got nothing. Yeah. It is not going to be a fun one. Connor, what do you think here? I, I I hate to you know add to that, but it's it literally is just just nothing. I mean, Detroit's bad defensively. The 28th in rushing success rate, 25th in passing success rate, 23rd in yards per play allowed. Which I mean, hypothetically would matter if it was against a competent offense, but it's not. So I don't know. I just don't really think there's too much for us to take advantage of here. Yeah, if this total opens back up at 46 and a half, which is where it was before it went down. It feels a little high. I would lean under, but man, like I just. Talked about this too. Like I just don't have a lot of conviction taking unders these days. I mean, the average score is like 50 and a half and this is under that. And I want to take an under on it. Like there's just so many outs with pick sixes and different things like that. So um, yeah, I, I don't bet unders. I have talked myself into betting three unders this year, lost all three, uh, not betting any, <laughs> not betting any more. Unders. 
<laughs> strong, strong enough confirmation bias. So I'm with you. Like I talked about it last episode and it just, it's hard, man. It sucks. They're painful to watch and yeah, it's crazy. All right. Next one, Jacksonville at green Bay, uh, green Bay, pretty heavily favored here. 13, 13 and a half. Cause basically a 14 for uh, most of the early week. Um, I tried to talk you guys into an under here and talk myself out of it at the same time. It just feels a little high of a total totals at 50. Um, you know, public's not shying away. They're obviously laying points here on Green Bay, about 52% of the bats, 60% of the handle on that side. Just a massive mismatch on paper here, obviously, when, when the Packers have the ball. Green Bay first in points per drive, third in yards per drive, second in total offense, Jacksonville dead last in all three of those metrics. Um, any thoughts here, Evan? Just uh, been doing a lot of uh, like four- and five-way parlays this year where I'll work in, you know, three or four – Big, big favorites just to uh, bump up my odds. And that's how I'm treating this game. I think the Packers just cruise to a win here, maybe even put up 40 on the Jags. Jags, Jags have given up the second most points in the NFL. Um, and that's how I'm viewing this game, just as a, a piece in like a four or five leg parlay. Yep. Love it. Uh, just kind of catch it around the anchor and go from there. Connor, any leans on this one? Um, no, I, I, you did try and talk us into the under, but you actually talked it into us at like a 51 and a half. It's now at yeah. 50. So you would have gotten some closing line value, but I think you know, like, like Silva said, I mean, the Packers are definitely at risk of scoring 40 in this miss, in this mismatch. And then on the other side of the ball though, um, I thought, you know, Jake Luton played like, okay. Um, but it also is notable that the Packers defense is 31st in pressure rate and just 22nd in pass DVOA. So I mean, hypothetically, like there's a path for him to, you know, I mean, at least contribute to that point total. Um, and so, I don't know. I'm definitely not comfortable taking the under. doesn't mean I love the over either. Um, if the Packers team total for some reason were to slip to below 30 or at 30, uh, I think we're seeing some 30 and a halfs actually at DraftKings, hmm. which is pretty close to me considering taking the over. So, I don't know. You, they do change though randomly. And I think if that ever happens, I'll, I'll definitely hit the over on 30. Yeah, it's just this dance where you have to kind of watch when the total is moving and the spread's moving because it's going to, you know, the books are posting these these team totals. We used to struggle, you know, with offshore stuff of not seeing them until like sometimes Saturday night, Sunday morning. But these these lines are getting held and floated earlier and earlier. And, um, you know, I just think it's really an easy opportunity to, to look for getting on the right side of key numbers on spots you like. So. Definitely worth watching that one. Uh, Jay or Alexander's status is up in the air. I think that's worth watching too, just as far as if you know DFS, if you're looking to do any bringbacks or anything on Jacksonville side, DJ Shark would be in a nice spot here in, in a game where we're looking for lots of you know pass volume. So, and Luton showed that he can hang last week. Twelve targets for Shark, and uh, you know Alexander, I do think is one of those corners, one of the few that is a difference maker and is a notable you know in or out decision here. All right, next, Eagles on the road against the Giants. So it's moved a little bit as well. Philly, three and a half in most spots. Total around 44 and a half. This is a week seven rematch. Um, absolute barn burner, as these always are. Um, Eagles managed to <laughs> squeak out a one-point win. Philly, though, getting healthy. Miles Sanders slated to return. Um, last time, week one, he missed. Stepped right into week two. Took on a workhorse role. I think this is a good spot for him as well. And then we know Jalen Rager. Um, you know, Dallas Goddard came back last week too. So I think the Eagles are getting healthy. Uh, Evan, what are your thoughts here? Might work Eagles outright into some parlays, but that's all I got on this one. By the way, the uh, once great, uh, once legendary Joey Kanish telling us to uh, 
<laughs> bet the mortgage on Cardinals uh, m- minus two and a half. Okay. Oh uh, boy. Um, I guess we'll, we'll have to address that, or uh, we'll have to address that when we get to Bills Cardinals. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, we can go. We can go to that game ne- next because right. I think we need to address Joey Kanish just straight up as soon as we bring him up. But um, yeah, I mean, in this one, I don't, I don't really have too much to add here. Giants are uh, a little bit of a pass funnel. Uh, fourth in rushing success rate allowed, 27th in passing success rate allowed. I mean, they've been relatively average in yards per play, though. Um, the, I think the, another mismatch is Philly's defense against Giants' offensive line. Um, Philly's fifth in adjusted sack rate, seventh in pressure rate. Um, Daniel Jones only took three sacks last time in this game, but, uh, I mean, they're, they're always a threat to get more pressure on a guy who's just unbelievably turnover prone. Uh, I mean, I don't have the stat on hand, but it's basically like almost every game he's turned the ball over in some way or another. Um, so yeah, I would probably lean Philly at three, but I'm definitely not touching at three and a half and probably won't bet this game too much. Uh, in terms of player props, uh, Shepard did leave the, lead the receiving core last time with six fifty nine one uh, in their last matchup. So I think that could be maybe who they go to again and could be worth taking a flyer on. I took a small position on Philly at three. I don't love it at three and a half, but I, I still like it at three and a half. And I do think that they win so I can get into a money line adding that in places obviously you know it's not ideal for a teaser because we kind of have to work through some key numbers here but i just think philly's getting healthier i think they're a better team than the giants i think there are some matchups that are going to be you know working on philly's side so i just think they're the better team even though they've kind of sucked and you know wince has been frustrating in a watch at times but you know sanders back rager back um, i think they're just kind of a, a different beast moving forward all right, uh, we want to go to Kanish's game. We want to jump down to – Yeah, uh, let's, let's do it. All right, Buffalo let's, and Arizona. Uh, Arizona, two, two and a half. Kanish obviously would like the two if you can get it. Total has been climbing. Um, you know, props to Evan. Got us on this total early in the week. It's all the way up to 56 and a half. Uh, I, think it, I think you said it would get to 56, 57. So we're climbing there. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts, Connor? Anything uh, that you like here with casual Kanish or uh, you on Buffalo side? Well, uh, Uncle K needs to do some line shopping because I'm seeing a one and a half right here on the Cardinals. Uncle K uh, doesn't need the best of the number. He doesn't need the best of the number. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, no, I, I like the over in this game just in general. I think that it's it is going to shoot out. I'm I'm very glad that we got it on a 53. But uh, I mean, really, realistically, it should be back and forth. A, a key matchup to watch here would be um, the Arizona rushing game against Buffalo, who is dead last in rushing success rate allowed and 26th in explosive run rate allowed. Um, while Arizona is, you know, top five in rushing success rate. So, I mean, if Drake misses again, like Edmonds should explode. He saw 25 carries last week. I know it was a good matchup technically as well, but uh, I think we could see like a little bit lower prop market even or about the same. And this could be like a hundred yard game for Edmonds who, I mean, throughout the season has looked a lot better than Drake. And, you know, last game, even though he wasn't very efficient, uh, I think he should be a workhorse if Drake doesn't play. And I believe he did not practice again today. So um, I think that, that could be a spot to take advantage of here. What do you got, Evan? Yeah, I got the uh, over at 53 and a half. I think I still like it uh, at 56 and a half. We need a 30-27 game to get there. Both quarterbacks can move. Uh, really like that. Um, you know, the the Bills, their defense played really poorly uh, early in the year. And they faced a, a bunch of real bad offenses in a row, and their metrics kind of improved. Uh, but I think that Kyler can have his way against them. Um, I don't think that anybody in the Bills secondary – um, I know Tredavious White is solid, but he—I don't think he's going to have—you know—he's not going to be able to stop DeAndre Hopkins. Um, 
I, I still like the over. I, I don't know about a side, though. I, and I, I've noticed that uh, Uncle K hasn't been tweeting very much about the Steelers recently. <laughs> or the Lions. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, that was – well, he he admitted to it on an episode of You Better, You Bet that, you know, he was like he, – he backtracked and told me that he was wrong. So, yeah, it, it takes a lot to admit that coming from Uncle K. I'm proud of him. You know, he's in the next phase of uh, his recovery, so it's good. <laughs> Shout out to Uncle K. We just like to give him trouble. He's, he's, he's good at he's, – he's mostly good at what he does. <laughs> Uh, I get the lean, the Arizona side. I don't have a lot of conviction in it. Probably would like Buffalo side maybe in a teaser to get the extra points because I think if you're getting plus a touchdown in this, I think it's going to be pretty close. But, um, you know, Buffalo dead last and rushing success rate allowed. You know, we know how good Arizona is and the dynamic that, you know, Kyler levels in there. It's just going to be back and forth. I just don't see a lot of ways that these two teams stop each other. I love what we saw last week from Dable you know, and, and McDermott there just being like, listen, we're, we know that you cannot stop the pass. They draw back on 32 of their first 34 snaps, just baller like this. You can't stop this. We're going to beat you this way. And I think people were sleeping on Buffalo a little bit because last couple of games hadn't been great. Kind of laid an egg. They had that Tennessee game and then they had the rain with Kansas city. They dominated the jets yardage wise. It just didn't get in the end zone. And then they had the other weather game with, with new England and then just kind of, Last week, first time they've had good conditions in a while, and they just tore up a terrible defense. And I think they can do it again. So I don't necessarily have uh, Uncle K's back in this one. Kind of uh, <laughs> want to take points if I can add points to Buffalo side, but uh, not a lot of conviction in that. It would only be in a tease. But over, I mean, I'm with you, Evan. Like, let's just keep. I don't know that I want to chase it because I went pretty hard when we got 53. But um, I see the Buffalo team total though. I think it's at twenty-seven and a half. I don't know if you're interested. If any, if like mm-hmm. anyone didn't get on board too early on the total at fifty-three and a half, I think twenty-seven and a half for the Bills on the over is not bad. Yeah, I think taking the over on the lower number just because we're mm-hmm. kind of indifferent on the game is probably the sharp play. Yeah, with Kyler starting to generate some uh, MVP buzz, I need Josh Allen to outplay him here <laughs> and just dunk all over Uncle K. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I uh, saw um, – I think Reeves – it was the Reeves and Daigle um, the DFS show that they did. I heard a piece of that today, and I think Reeves said that just rushing alone, like Kyler would be like the RB4 uh, this year. Just insane. Like his rushing floor is like 12 and a half fantasy points a game, uh, which is just wild with, you know, rushing touchdowns and 100-yard bonuses and things like that. Just That's insane. Just a massive, massive floor. So – all right, uh, let's see, where were we? We will move back. We got uh, Tampa Bay on the road against the Panthers. Uh, Tampa Bay, five and a half, most books now, total around 50 and a half. Um, this one was in the look ahead to six and a half. Got steamed down around four and a half a little bit earlier in the week. Um, I like this Tampa Bay side quite a bit. Um, I think they're in a get right spot here. You know, obviously a disappointing showing against the Giants a couple weeks ago, and I don't know what you want to call that against the Saints. They, got curb stomped and right away. Um, Evan, what are your thoughts on this one? I think it's a tough game to handicap because the, the Bucks in particular have been a team that is tough to handicap because they've just been all over the place. They crush Green Bay one week. You know, they get slammed by the Saints twice. Um, they lose to the Bears. You know, they're, they, they've kind of been all over the place. And the Panthers are pesky, number one. Number two – they are always a threat to backdoor because they've got 
big-time pass catchers in D.J. Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel really coming on lately, and, you know, they could get garbage time to come back and backdoor this. Six is just – it's it's a lot of points. Um, so, I don't know. If anything, I guess I would take the over, but I'm also worried about the Bucks defense drowning out the Panthers and the Panthers not holding up their end of the bargain. So, I don't know. I – I don't. I don't have a strong lean really at all on this game. Connor, what do you got here, man? Anything? Yeah, I agree that the, I think this line is almost a little bit inflated. I think it might have to do with the Bucks beating the Panthers. You know, thirty-one seventeen last time around. Um, but I mean, the Panthers are also coming off four straight losses at this point, and but they did. I mean, they were close against that Chiefs and against the Chiefs last week. Like I think that was a really interesting game, and they are a team that. I think that they're capable of more than what they've shown so far, at least in the box score. Um, but uh, in terms of their metrics, Carolina's defense, I think, should give Tampa Bay's offense a little bit of fresh air because they're, I mean, they're 28th in pressure rate, 21st in passing defense DVOA, 24th in run D DVOA. Like, I mean, you know, compared to what the Bucks have struggled against or struggled against uh, last week, like, I don't think that they can play that bad ever again. Um, so, I, I it's a, it is a really tough game to handicap. I think the number should be a little bit lower, but it's it's tough to tough to know for sure. Yeah, I jumped in at four and a half. I just feel like it's a little bit of an overreaction with what happened with Tampa last week and Carolina hanging a little bit in Kansas City, and you know, kind of backdooring there, like Evan's talking about. But like they dominated that first matchup. I feel like um, you know, key injuries last week. You know, they had one of their best offensive linemen out for Tampa Bay. Um, or the alley mop it. And, you know, you saw all, the Saints got a lot of pressure up the middle. Kind of know what's been Brady's bugaboo his entire career is really what the Giants did in both Super Bowls. It was, you know, not coming from the edge. They were, you know, attacking center and guard and coming right at him. And I think that the Saints had some success with that. And I don't think Carolina is going to be able to do that. I think that, you know, Derek Brown's been a little bit of a disappointment, hasn't really done too much. They don't get a ton of pressure. You know, they're going to get pressure a little bit maybe from the outside, but, um, that's it. I just think Tampa Bay's offensive line plays better here. I think these weapons start to come along and kind of gel here this week. And I like the over two, but I got it at four and a half. I get the hesitation at six, but uh, I think it's a, it's a get right spot for, for the Bucks. Okay. All right. Next of the Texans on the road against the Browns. Uh, this is up to three and a half in most spots, total at 49. Um, I got Cleveland in the look ahead markets last weekend at two and a half. Back-to-back road games for the Texans here. Cleveland coming off a bye, getting healthy. You know, Wyatt Teller, Nick Chubb coming back. I think that's, you know, pretty indicative of what the Browns want to do. Obviously a big mismatch here up front. Uh, I'm guessing this will be one of Thorne's bigger mismatches this week over at ETR in his uh, O-line, D-line matchups. But the Browns first in explosive run rate, third in adjusted line yards up front. Houston on the defensive side, 31st in adjusted line yards. Sometimes matchups just are that simple and, the Browns just have a lot of success running the ball. Evan, thoughts here? Yeah, this is about the time of week that I start looking at weather stuff, but um, I haven't yet this week. Uh, so, And I saw a little bit of, of concern about the weather in this game early in the week that you know very often doesn't translate to what actually happens on Sundays. But have you guys looked at uh, the weather regarding this game? Because I, I thought that over 49 um, was very much in play when I first looked at this game. I think I, when I texted you guys about the weather, I think it was maybe Monday. I think this was like 54. Um, and my concern was the was the weather. But again, like just wanted to put it on your radar and not to overreact to it for your very point. Like we're five, six days out. 
Uh, like yeah. I, I, uh, 48 hours out is dicey, but, uh, you know, this has moved obviously since, and I don't know if it's weather related or not, but uh, I don't know. I'm talking. seeing uh 25 mile per hour winds, which is, uh, I mean, that's well above the threshold, which is so like wind starts to matter at 15 miles per hour, but 15 to 20 miles per hour, it doesn't really matter like too much yards per quarterback yards per attempt dip, like a little bit. But then after 20 miles per hour, like 20 plus with gusts that are even more, that's when, you know, things start to really matter. And so if, if the wind is actually, 25 miles per hour, which again, this is a forecast that we're doing on Thursday. Um, you know, then it could matter, but um, yeah, for now, I think I would definitely be cautious about taking the over, but uh, if it is that windy, I think we see, you know, like Chubb and Hunt run the ball, like, yep. I don't know, what, and, 40 yeah, times? I, I yeah. think that like high winds definitely favor the Browns. Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun Watson has, you know, uh, deep threat vertical receivers and Deshaun Watson, although he is a very good deep ball thrower in general, um, he's not like an arm strength uh, quarterback necessarily. And so, you know, I, I, I think that it very much favors uh, Browns minus three and a half. Yeah, I like it still three and a half. I mean, I liked having the two and a half. And I uh, just think, again, I, I like, you know, I think that the buys are a little bit overrated in the NFL nowadays. Like they're limited in practices and what they can do. But like, I think a good coach off a of buy matters. And I, I'm, pretty bullish on Stefanski and what we've seen so far. And I think that, uh, you know, those things are tiebreakers at times, but I do like what we've seen from Houston's passing offense. Like you mentioned, Evan, I'm a little bit letting Deshaun cook a little bit since Bill O'Brien left. I mean, fifth in passing success rate, fourth in explosive plays, like they're leaning into their strengths and uh, we could have a Duke Johnson revenge game here, which could be interesting <laughs> in the uh, DFS world. If David Johnson is out and uh, be interesting to see what Duke's props are. Maybe Duke is like one of those, Guys like we saw with, you know, with Edmonds last week or even what we see with Mixon and Geo. Like Geo takes on the Mixon role plus. Like he maintains his pass catching role and takes 95% of the rushing role. I could see a situation where Duke starts to, you know, get all of that rushing and, and maintains his receiving stuff. So especially yeah. if we're having the, the guys behind uh, Duke Johnson on the depth chart, assuming David Johnson doesn't play, which he's not expected to, are Buddy Holly. Uh, who was a very famous uh, singer in the 1950s. And also um, uh, some other guy who's on the practice squad uh, uh, and um, Scotty Phillips. So uh, I think that Duke Johnson is going to get, I mean, he looks like he's in line for, you know, 85% snap rate, 20 plus touches. Yep. So maybe a combined yardage prop on Duke is something that we should all hone in on when those start to pop a little bit tomorrow. Yeah, because it's it's not like really the, it's not like Cleveland's defense is that good either. I mean, they're you know twenty seventh in rushing success rate allowed, and uh, we all have thought that Duke Johnson has been talented, you know, for a while now. He just hasn't gotten the opportunity or whatever been given the opportunity. I guess he's had the opportunity, he just hasn't you know really given you know taken the most of it to the point where a coaching staff has been willing to give him whatever twenty five touches a game. Uh, but I, I do like Cleveland minus three. I took a pretty big chunk of action on that. Uh, and it looks like you can still find that at points bet right now. It's floating minus 125 on minus three, uh, which I think is acceptable if you want. I, I think this could be, end up being blowout, especially if there's wins. You know, like that, I think the, the Browns dominate in that, in that instance. I think another way to approach this would be as a part of like a four-leg parlay. You just take the Browns outright and mix them in, you know, with the Packers and, you know, mix in maybe an underdog and, you know, other, another side that you like and, uh, all of a sudden, voila, you got, you know, plus 600 bet, uh, you know, and, you know, you can make, make some real loot. 
love this. Love this man speaking my language with these parlays and anchor plays. Yeah, I mean Saints money line or uh, Packers money line. Yeah, all those guys are are in play for sure. Um, all right, next Denver on the road against the Raiders. Uh, this one is. Been moving a little bit this week too. Mostly Raiders four and a half right now. Um, total still too low, fifty and a half. It's moved, um, moved down and moved back up. Um, I like the over here. This is back to back road games though for Denver. We've seen them continuously pile up garbage time uh, a couple weeks ago, and then did it again with Atlanta here. Uh, just Drew Lock in the fourth quarter is kind of where it's at now. Traveling back west, uh, it's actually not much of a of a travel for them here. Um, division game be pretty interesting. Public on Denver so far, um, in both in bets and handle Evan. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, not real huge on the side here, uh, but I do like the over at 50 and a half. Um, it's going to be a clean pocket for Drew Locke. The Broncos have had one of the better pass protection offensive lines in the league this year, and the Raiders have one of the worst uh, pass rushes in the NFL. Uh, Tim Patrick is back and rolling. Uh, Jerry Judy has been playing at a real high level. He's been limited in practice this week, so keep an eye on that. But Noah Fant was full practice today, uh, so it looks like um, Drew Locke is going to have a full arsenal of weapons. And I think that the Raiders won't have a whole lot of problems moving the ball against what is a really injury-depleted Broncos defense. Yeah, yeah, the Raiders' offense is legit. Like I think I had two strong priors coming in the season. Like They've been been getting it done. You're seeing – a little bit more of an aggressive Derek Carr too. And, you know, with Nelson Aguilar and, you know, rugs coming back, like they somewhat have the pieces to do it, which is crazy to say. So yeah, definitely in on the, uh, on the over Raiders games on the season, averaging 60.7 points. These defenses are, are not in real position. I mean, Denver's fine. They're not really good anywhere. They're just kind of solid across the board defensively. Connor, any leans on this game? Not really on the game. I, I think it is worth noting, though, that like the Broncos' offense, I think if they're if they're running game going against this Raiders' defense, uh, they're dead last and run DDVOA. Um, like I think that that could you know help make this team you know somewhat competitive. And if if Drew Locke is playing well, he's been all over the place basically. But for me, I think you know I I can't bet on the Broncos here, but I do think that there is a path to victory for them if they're able to consistently you know run the ball successfully and kind of keep off a you know, efficient, dare I say, uh, Raiders offense uh, off the field. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're Philip Lindsay props as well are interesting. Like he's out carried Melvin Gordon, you know, and he's looked like the better player. Yeah. I mean, pretty much since he's played, since he's played this season, Philip Lindsay just keeps getting doubted. Like this guy just like every single time there's a starter over him, he just plays better than them. He's just a good player and they need to realize that. I'm not sure if they do, but. Uh, it seems like they're starting to trend towards more Lindsay usage, and in this spot, uh, we could catch some low Lindsay props. A lot of players in the NFL better than Melvin Gordon. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And how about those scouts? You know that we saw the scouting report with like, dude, bro, like Jerry Judy is always open, man. And those scouts were right. Like you say a lot of things about those scouts, and maybe, uh, <laughs> uh, but they definitely were on Jerry Judy, starting to get peppered with targets. Ryan Noonan, a low key member of uh, scouting Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, are you missing my point? You're missing my uh, – No, I'm a huge Jerry Judy guy. <laughs> no, he's still listening, but he's still over his head. That's all right. That's all right. We'll talk about it later. All right, before we move on to the next game, I want to tell you a little bit about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Um, we all love snake drafts, old school, you know, get in there and, and, and do it up. Um, we all have prizes to DFS. We're talking about, you know, layering in six-leg parlays to to dump our odds up. Um 
Not everyone loves big entry fees, though. So Underdog Fantasy just released an all-new format for their snake drafts. It's called Battle Royale. Basically, you draft a one-week team like you normally would, uh, but instead of only competing against the teams in your specific draft, you're going to compete against other drafts as well. So basically, it becomes a GPP style, allows them to pull together the prizes and offer a big tournament payout. So um, go over to the app, Underdog app, Underdog Fantasy, on the App Store or Underdog fantasy.com and uh when you sign up make your first deposit let them know you came from four for four all right we'll move on to our next game we have the chargers on the road in miami miami short home favorites here two and a half total 48 and a half uh, man chargers have been really high scoring of late playing fast you know i've been slow to act a little bit there too with you know, thinking of that slow prodding place they paid at for years with anthony lynn there and, and now they're just kind of letting it rip with Justin Herbert and he's getting it done. Uh, Evan thoughts on the spot. Yeah. Just wrote up this game uh, before the show and I like the over. Um, I want to like the chargers outright, uh, but they always find a way to lose. So that is, you know, that's always a concern. They, although they have very good individual defensive talent, they give up a lot of points. Um, and I think that Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and, you know, Jalen Guyton and, you know, whoever, whatever running backs they trot out, like they, their running game has remained efficient regardless of they, whether they have Kalen Balage or, you know, Troy Main Pope in there. I think they'll be able to move the ball against Miami. Uh, so I like the over on 48 and a half Chargers Dolphins. I also am going to be looking out for player props and, uh, you know, D- opportunities to play Devontae Parker in DFS because. We're pulling out Preston Williams. They they traded Isaiah Ford. Their numbers two and three receivers now are Jakeem Grant and uh, the the quarterback, uh, the the old Navy quarterback Malcolm Perry. So the target competition has just evaporated uh, for Devontae Parker in the uh, Dolphins wide receiver core. It's not the easiest matchup uh, against you know Casey Hayward and company. But Devontae Parker, when you know, when he like on his peak days, he can have monster, monster games. And I think that he's going to have a chance at like 10, 12, 13 targets here. Uh, and I don't think he's going to be played very much in DFS. And if it, I mean, if his like, you know, receiving yardage prop is like in the 50s somewhere, I'm going to be smashing it. Yeah, grown ass man. You disrespect to Mac Hollins, too. He's in the mix <laughs> there with the, with the Dolphins, oh, yeah, these two. Uh, yeah, grown ass man, Devontae Parker for sure will we'll absolutely eat um i'm with you like i want to lean chargers a little bit but i just they just find a way to kind of crap down their leg late every game but uh it's weird because it's such a miami is just such a nice run funnel but like the Chargers haven't been able to run successfully all year we don't know what's going on in the backfield like dust it off Kalen. we got Kalen balaj revenge game which i guess is you know happening this week i don't know if tremaine pope ever played for miami but uh you know practice squad or something but yeah the chargers have just been kind of a mess in the backfield but yeah, and the Dolphins like are a mess in the backfield too. So mm-hmm. they're both like internal pass funnel teams. Yeah. Connor, what are your thoughts here, bud? The, the Chargers bit, I think, makes – like in terms of the defense, I mean, they've allowed 29 or more points in five consecutive games, but their metrics are just like league average, which is very weird. So, you know, they're, they're allowing a ton of points, and, I mean, Tua looked pretty good. The Miami offense looked all right. So, yeah, I think I think we see a lot of points in this one, and – the Parker call is great because so last week before Preston Williams went down, so two weeks ago actually, so Preston Williams outsnapped Devontae Parker um, and was like basically playing as like 
almost their number one receiver into his first start. And then last week he only saw two, he had two receptions uh, prior to Preston Williams departure. And then after that, that's when he like racked up, you know, it was like 40 yards or something like that. Um, and like a, a few more receptions. So I think that he should be, you know, their number one. And like we saw last year with Parker, like really when he thrived was um, when there was literally no target competition. So I, I think this is a good spot for him, you know, going forward. If he becomes like to his, you know, go-to guy, like they could definitely, he could definitely have some massive games. Yeah. And maybe a get right spot for Jasicki, who's just kind of let us down all year, but I, I feel more confident in, in Parker getting, you know, nine to 10 targets and doing something with him versus, just like he's been a little spotty getting cucked in the red zone and stuff like that with, with other tight ends is kind of a mess. Yeah. And Devonta Parker, only five K on DraftKings. Yeah. Very, very nice. Uh, yeah. It's pretty easy to make lineups over there this week. Uh, this one's interesting. I'm interested to hear what your guys thoughts are. Uh, Cincinnati on the road against the Steelers. Steelers basically around seven in most books totals dropped as well. 45 and a half. Um, you know, Steelers struggled last week on the road in Dallas, which was their third straight road game, which is not nothing. We just don't see that very often in the league. Um, no one else has done that so far this year. Um, you know, plus knowing that, you know, Garrett Gilbert is starting on the other side. I guess it's a little bit no surprise in hindsight that they came out a little flat for that one. Now home for the first time a month facing the Bengals, fresh off a bye, big upset in week eight against the Titans. Public have seen a lot of public money here coming in on the Bengals. Um, Evan, thoughts on this one? This is a game that I have not written up yet just because there have been a lot of injury situations uh, that, you know, I don't know about yet with Ben's knees. I mean, it looks like he's going to play, but I was waiting, you know, just to make sure late in the week. And then Joe Mixon hasn't been practicing. Um, you know, you eyeball it and you, and you, you expect uh, Joe Burrow to be under heavy duress. This is a letdown spot. Um you know, I, but the, the Steelers have this, you know, continual tendency to play down to their opponents as we saw last week against Dallas. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really have any strong takes. I think that maybe James Connor in a bounce back spot in DFS, but yeah. uh, no strong leans on the side or the total. I feel like since he didn't have anyone playing on the offensive line in week eight against the Titans, but it's against the Titans who just have no, pass rush to speak of and we saw what happened with Cincinnati when they had some of their offensive line starters against the Ravens when they just melted when they got blitzed that much we know the Steelers are going to do that um, you know the Bengals still have issues up front I just think Pittsburgh gets home here early and often it makes it really hard for Burrow to do what he's going to do Mixon being out obviously limits you know some of the other things that they can do um and I'm a little worried, I guess, about Big Ben, but I feel like he's going to be fine. I don't think he's going to have to do much. He also is like leading the league in in quickest throws. Like he's getting it out, so we haven't seen like that old school Ben pump fake and you know extend plays. Like he's just he's dropping back and getting it out and letting playmakers make plays. So it worries me a little less about his knee here. And uh, yeah, I just think it's a good spot if you can get you know six and a halfs have been kind of floating out there a little bit for Pittsburgh. It's kind of my lean. Um, Connor, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, originally I actually took Cincinnati at seven and a half um, because of the COVID news with with Roethlisberger. I wasn't sure, you know, whether he was gonna he had COVID and was gonna be out two weeks, like fully out, whether he's gonna be on the COVID list. Uh, so I took some piece of action on that. Now I think I'm gonna buy out of it at six and a half. 
um, going the other way, largely because of, you know, what you guys said. I think the pressure for the Steelers is going to be a lot for um, Burrow. I mean, it's like probably the biggest mismatch of the week with the Steelers who are number one pressure rate and the Bengals who are, you know, second worst in adjusted sack rate. And we know it's a, a terrible offensive line. Um, and so beyond that, though, like Cincinnati's bleeding big plays on defensively, like 32nd explosive run rate, 30th and explosive pass rate. Um, and so and they've also played. I don't know. It's, it's just I think it's a combination of multiple things here where the Steelers offense like should have their way. The Steelers defense should have their way. And Pittsburgh's at home. We know that most of their letdown spots are at the on the road usually. Um, and they while they do play down to the competition at six and a half, I like it. Seven, I still lean Steelers. Um, seven and a half, I'm probably not touching it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I'm, I'm there. Team total two under 27 on the Steelers side is uh, of interest to me as well. All right, next we have the Niners on the road against the Saints. Saints at nine, nine and a half total out there at 15 and a half in most spots. I mean, pretty difficult to draw any conclusions from either team based on what we saw last. I mean, the 49ers played on Thursday against the Packers last week. Basically, half the team was on COVID list, um, other injuries that, you know, they've already been out for the season and whatnot. And then, um, you know, the Saints really just got up and really just curb stomped Tampa. We didn't get to really see, like, what the usage with Michael Thomas looks looks like and kind of how they were going to utilize those things moving forward. Is it going to be like last year? But they look damn good. Um, this one's pretty healthy in nine and a half. Evan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't – it's just – it's a lot of points still. Um but, I mean, this is the healthiest that we've seen the Saints uh, all year. Um, and then, you know, Kyle Shanahan, I think, you know, we can get 17, 20 points out of him against the Saints defense. So I like the over on 48 and a half playing indoors. You don't have to worry about the weather. I think the Saints could have a big day offensively. The 49ers pass rush has just completely evaporated. They've been, they're going to be without Richard Sherman, Jaquiski Tart, and Kwan Williams, three starters in their secondary we know that their pass rush is like all on IR. So I like to over on 48 and a half. Yeah, it's another one of those spots where it's like he's, you know, you can say Shanahan can dial it up with anyone that he has, no matter what quarterback he has or, you know, who's out there, a receiver. Like they could still put some stuff together. Not having a short week, having to do it last week was a little bit tough, but uh, Connor leans here. The, yeah, the injury thing is crazy because it seemed like they always had – they had a lot of injuries which just kept piling up and they just like didn't matter for a little while and then all of a sudden it caught up to them the last two weeks where they just got, you know, steamrolled. Um, but against – Because they, they started to play like decent offenses. Exactly. I mean, they were playing they some played really bad offenses there yep. for a while. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, what was it? Seattle and, uh, Seattle and Green Bay. And then – so obviously that's going to have an impact against a – against the defense that is like you know no one none of their original starters playing but uh yeah i mean i would lean new orleans but it, again at nine that's a, that's a ton of points probably that that san francisco team total if you can catch it under under you know 20 is like kind of interesting on the over um i don't i don't mind it there they like 20 points just isn't very much even against against the new orleans defense which also hasn't played a ton of good uh offenses for the most part but did just look obviously in, like incredibly dominant against tom brady and the bucks last week so i don't know probably just staying off this game for the most part yeah to evan's point like earlier this feels like a throw the saints money line into something else to to boost your odds or something like that but otherwise not a lot of conviction nine's a lot nine and a half's a lot all right next we have baltimore on the road against the patriots baltimore favorite here pretty solid seven seven and a half it's been a long time since new england was a full touchdown dog at home total has been dipping as well um 
off the board in, in some spots. We have COVID testing going on with Baltimore. Really no reports on who it is or coach or player or whatnot. But uh looks like Mark Ingram's coming back, which just messes with really any Baltimore rushing props or anything like that. Any DFS plays, you know, Dobbins last week still kind of lost some of the high leverage touches to Gus Edwards. Um, not a super exciting one. We've kind of just seen limited passing from uh, – from Lamar so far, just has not been looking good, been really conservative over the middle. Pat's defense has been terrible. Um, it's been tough to watch. But uh, Evan leans on this one. Yeah, defense have been, have been making it hard on Baltimore this year. They really only have two weapons in the passing game. And Mark Andrews hasn't had really a big game all year outside of you know, the games where he scores a touchdown. Marquise Brown also has gone an extended period without a big game. Um, the, the one – position I think I would be willing to take on this game would be the Patriots outright. And oh, uh, just that's just, you know, an odds-based sort of longer shot, um, you know, where, where you're, you know, taking it at, at longer odds to try to make some money, um, which, you know, we, we all like to do. Um, <laughs> but that, that's how, that would be one, my one approach to this game. I do like the, the Ravens to have a better second half offensively than they did in the first half. They played a lot of good defenses. Um, I don't know how good the Patriots' defense is. Uh, I, I tend to think, you know, they gave up almost 10 yards for pass attempt to Joe Flacco last week. But I, I think that a lot of that was attributable to just Joe Flacco played out of his mind. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of credit needs to go to Joe Flacco there. Uh, the Patriots can't rush the passer, though. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of like a, at plus 270, almost 3-1, to one, uh, the, the Patriots outright is, you know, a, a little long shot bet. You're gonna to have to convince me to, to chase the Pats money line against the Ratbirds. Um, no problem doing that. You know, we should have Gilmore back this week. Um, we saw more Chase Winovich on the field last week too. Which I don't know why he wasn't. Playing. You know, he's pretty much one of the lone pass rushing options for the Patriots. So you know, I, I can get there with you a little bit. Um, you know, getting- Keel Harry back too, man. A lot of uh- <laughs> Steve Levy is gonna be you know all beside himself. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I this, I think the only way that really the Patriots win is him. Okay, so Lamar coming out and saying that opposing defenses know their plays, like you know that's a really bad sign. Um, and I think that now you're pairing him up against Bill Belichick, who you know should know more than almost every other coach, and you know is one of the best game planners like ever. Um. And so in that instance, you know, like there's a chance that Bill Belichick can sort of game plan against this Baltimore offense, which has been really bad. Um, but like on paper, the Pats defense has been really bad, like 31st in DVOA, 31st in run D, 30th in pass D. Um, I mean, whatever they're doing just like isn't working. So, I mean, but in this, in this instance specifically, I think that there's a chance where this Baltimore offense is not like they've been playing well or anything. So uh, there's definitely a chance for a bounce back here. And um, Cam, I think, seems to be coming to – I mean, in reality, I think that he had, like, you know, two bad games where he, like, truly played poorly. The rest of them – like, the Buffalo game, he played all right. He played pretty well. Um, you know, last week, he was super efficient. They weren't letting him pass the ball downfield for most of the game. And then when he needed to come back, he did. Um, so it was really – and then, obviously, he missed the one game because of COVID. So – I think his demise was a little bit overblown. And like, while those two games were really bad, like he was awful. Um, 
you know, I, I think that there's still a chance that Cam is Cam was able to turn around. And we've seen enough upside with him throughout the season that this Pats team is is very much alive. Yeah, I think if you like the Ravens, then you probably like the over as well. Um, 43 and a half would be my lean. It means they're probably scoring points. But uh yeah, I'll go with you, big dog. We'll take some uh, some pats and um, tilt our faces off. Hopefully we can catch a break. I thought this was gonna be your your anchor here. We'll go to Monday night, Minnesota at Chicago. Um, I know you had some interest in this earlier in the week. This has been on and off the board, you know, mixed bag a little bit this week. It looks like a total around 43, 43 and a half, depending on the book. And total is back out there. Uh, we'll be in Minnesota at two and a half now. Um, yeah, two and a half. There's a three out there as well. Evan, uh, what are your thoughts on this game? So here's the take on the Bears outright. And I'm not like, you know, a Bears supporter like whatsoever. Um, this has nothing to do with that. Uh, it's I think it's a letdown spot for the Vikings, number one, um, going on the road to Chicago. Uh, and I think that the Vikings defense has been bad enough, and they've been able to cover it up just by running the ball so much uh, in two games since their bye. Uh, the, Bears de- the Bears' run defense has really held up well, even though they've, they've been missing a number of core pieces. But uh, the linebackers, Denny Trevathan and, and Roquan Smith, are you know downhill thumpers in the running game. Uh, they've had Dalvin Cook's number every single time that they've played in Dalvin Cook's uh, career. Uh, he has never had more than 70 total yards in a game against the Bears. Um, I think Allen Robinson can get real hot here. I think that Darnell Mooney has come on as a real weapon for the Bears, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but Jimmy Graham has also been you know, a pretty good wet, red zone weapon for them. And if David Montgomery doesn't play, that might actually be a good thing for the Bears. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> deleting that, um, you know, two and a half yards and, and a cloud of dust from from their offense, and maybe inspires them to throw a little bit more against a Vikings defense that, you know, planned on having Daniel Hunter and Yannick Ngakwe as its two outside pass rushers. Both of those guys are are long gone at this point. Um, so I don't know. The I wish the odds were a little bit more than than plus one thirty four for Bears outright. But man, that would be a fun you know fourth leg of a, of a uh, four-way parlay um you know to uh to to bring down the house you know and you know after you built it up to like plus 800 that's the thing though you'd have to sweat out all monday daytime like yeah, well, knowing that you're you're waiting what, what else you got to do man <laughs> <laughs> we're shutting down the city again so i mean you, we don't have anything better to do I think you need like a new segment on ETR, like Evans Exotics, you know, just like all your parlays, just like every every single week and just see like how, how it goes. Cause I think I mean lately you've just been like crushing them. That that Pats game though, holy shit last week. Oh man. That closed out like we went you know, nuts, didn't we? That was multiple awesome. parlays. That was <laughs> awesome. Smashing um, the in-game. Oh yeah. What would we get like plus three hundred or something? Yeah. Plus three ten yep. on in-game Pats money line. It was the Jets. I mean, that's it would have been so embarrassing. I felt bad. I felt like you know you guys were mad at me because my team wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Well, we were. We were. Yeah, yeah. This is your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Came through. I tried to tell him. I'm like, hey, the pyramid stuff came through early. And he's like, who gives a fuck? (laughs) Yeah. The issue is we had like ten times more on the Patriots winning than like the Robs. And we thought that that was like the easiest part of the entire thing. And then they were just like fucking choking the entire game. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can get behind it a little bit. I mean, Evan's made good points. I actually had notes too on David Montgomery, his absence <laughs> being a positive, which is funny. Um, the Bears have won four straight matchups against Minnesota. Um, 
you know, there's to have its point, like they're coming off of back-to-back division wins. This does set up a little bit in a primetime spot to me, maybe a letdown spot for the Vikings who aren't very good. You just, again, good matchups and Cook was able to kind of leverage those uh, poor rush defenses. Um, interesting, the Bears have been home dogs each of the last four times they've played at home. For a team that's been like five and one during that time frame is just kind of random. But uh, as we get closer to Monday, I'm sure that I can be sold on that. I don't know that I want to uh, chase it in a in a parlay, but uh, I can get on the Bears there for sure. I like some of the passing game. I like that we're seeing Anthony Miller more too. I mean, you mentioned Mooney, but like more Miller too. I, I think Anthony Miller's really good. Should be on the field more. And, I do too. He's a playmaker, man. Yeah, like they're so limited. Like David Montgomery, like no one in the history has done less with more. Like he just, all these, like he just gets his whopper so high. Like he's getting such a, you know, high 90%, 95% of the touches in the backfield. Like he's doing nothing with it ever. So it's Herms Meyer's fault for inventing that metric. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's gross. I like that. I like the Mooney call. Um, He's the last three weeks, he's played 87%, 93%, 81% of the snaps, seeing like seven, six, 11 targets, which is before he was playing more in that 60% range. So he's, he's way more involved now playing against a Vikings defense, which um, 28th and explosive pass rate allowed. So uh, I think that that is, that's an interesting spot for Mooney to get deep for sure. Um, the only other, like, I mean, if Montgomery sits, like, Ryan Nall, I guess, maybe some more Corderell Patterson. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Ryan Nall looked okay. Like he just ran straight and like, you know, bowled over like, you know, a tackler or two. It's not, he's not going to do anything special, but he'll get you the yards plus maybe an extra on like a, you know, breaking contact. So I don't know. 17 touch Cordero Patterson game would be a lot of fun when the Ian artist would not even <laughs> be able to watch. <laughs> I mean, he did well with that when New England did that, busted it out in that uh, primetime spot against the Packers a couple of years ago. Like, I don't know. He's just he's got a different vibe when he's when he's in there. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know why they're not giving him more at this point. So I know he's so important in their special teams, but man, like they just, they're so limited with playmakers. Like, put your best players on the field. Like their de- their offense is so bad. Um, yeah, what are they? Twenty eighth in DVOA, 29th in yards per drive, twenty or thirty first in points. Like, there's just they're awful across the board. So, all right, uh, anchor play, anchor play, Seattle. Um, I'm, I'm with that, Connor. Do you agree? Yeah, team total, Seattle team total. That's my that's my favorite play. Yeah, I mean, team too. sand, sand. Team sand. <laughs> we gotta get uh, this is Nas tonight. Yeah, we 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 need Daigle on the show here. Our, co- our local college football sharp and uh, analyst. Yep. Got that BYU 61 and a half tonight. I'm, gonna, I'm fine. I don't put this on the podcast for people to listen tomorrow. They're going to be like, damn, they hit the over in that game? Because uh, <laughs> I don't care because Daigle is money. He's a print fest. Uh, Western Michigan. Any directional <laughs> Michigan university, Daigle is your guy. You know, Yo, Central uh, Boise State just scored a touchdown 40 seconds in. So See? let's let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Princess. Let's go. Well, he's already spent. I'm not even watching the Titans Colts. I'm watching uh, <laughs> North Central Michigan against uh, whoever they're playing. More chicken tacos coming oh, for you, Dave. You keep making this money for us. So, all right. Um, all right. Uh, I didn't build a parlay or, I mean, a teaser, but. Uh, you know, we talked about how you can build around some of these things with, you know, Seattle, Seattle's team total, using some of these big money lines to, to bump up your juice. You could put a Seattle, um, I know this because I hit the Seattle team total, and then I hit it again 
with the Saints money line, the Packers money line, and um, who else was it? Um, it was a fourth team. Um, Steelers. Steelers, yes. Steelers, Packers, Saints, part, money lines with the team total for the uh, Seahawks, and you get it up to plus 265. Oh, very nice. So um, you get it separate so you don't get donked out by any uh, you know money line stuff. But, uh, yeah, by itself, you just you juice it up, get a little bit extra money on that. Um, Sharp better might tell you that's a fish play. It keeps working for this team here, so we're going to just keep doing those things because uh, I like making a uh, couple hundred more than I like making a hundred. So we'll keep doing it. So. <laughs> All right, fellas, uh, that does it. Evan, you're the man. Um, tell everyone where they could find you and find their stuff if they, for some reason, didn't know. Just check out uh, at Establish the Run on Twitter, EstablishTheRun.com. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Uh, Connor, I'll, I'll see you in a bit. Uh, Noonan, hopefully I'll see you this weekend. For sure. For sure. Uh, that wraps us up. We will be back for uh, next week. So for Connor and Evan, I'm Ryan. Thanks for listening.